You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. It is the Huddle Up Podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Blue Wire Pods. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me, my fellow football priest, fresh off a Kelberman's Corner prediction in which he said Patrick Sertan would get an interception today, deputy editor of MileHighHuddle.com, Zach Kelberman. Zach, fresh off the cuff, hormones raging through the bloodstream, no time for rational discussion, no time to kind of do the math. What's your gut reaction to the Broncos win today? You said it there. That's the number one most important thing the Broncos got out of Jacksonville, rainy Jacksonville with the W. They are 2-0 now. That's number one. I have some bones to pick, though. Unlike last week's game against the Giants, there were certain failures in coaching and breakdowns and poor decisions that I think went into this game. Number one is playing Bradley Chubb. They should have rested him for another week or at least put him on a strict pitch count. It seemed like he was playing most of, if not all, the snaps opposite Von Miller. And I know Fangio maybe got a little trigger happy or excited to have his Von's bookend for the first time in two years now, but that's exactly what I was worried about. You can beat the Jaguars without Bradley Chubb. You could have rested him for one, even two more weeks. Bring him back for Baltimore in week four. Make sure that ankle is 110%. It obviously wasn't 110%. It was probably at what, 90? They put him through pregame warmups. They deemed him good to go. But I said this on KK today, Chad. It, it was kind of ominous to me that they would even take it down to warmups. If he was that questionable, have him sit out one more week. So that's number one. Number two, special teams. How does Tom McMahon still have a job in Denver? It's not the players, and that's obvious now. They keep changing the players out, and the same problems keep happening. To give up that kick return touchdown was appalling, Chad. That is a breakdown late in the game that you cannot have, and it happens almost every single freaking week. What pictures does Tom McMahon have on Joe Ellis or John Elway or George Payton or Vic Fangio in order to keep his job? He does not deserve it. And let me tell you one more thing, and I'll serve it over to you. So I'm impressed with what Fangio is doing so far. It looks like a new Broncos team. It looks like he may have turned the corner as a coach a little bit. But the longer he keeps McMahon around and the longer he keeps justifying that decision to keep him around, he's losing credibility in my eyes. you got to hold some accountable. You did it with Drew Locke. You do it with other players. you got to do it with your coaches. It's ridiculous. It'd be one thing if it was, you know, here and there, but it's... Typically, there's every single game, there's some kind of a snafu. And unfortunately, it's not usually, I should say, fortunately, it's not usually in the kicking game. You know, uh, McManus is usually McMoney in that department. And he was great today. He was great. It's not usually the punt itself. Sam Martin was solid today. It's always, without fail, a return. You know, the coverage on a return. And look, I get it. You're using the last few guys on your roster to play special teams. But still, man, other teams do it and don't give up, you know, returns left and right like a sieve. Now, maybe we're making a little bit more out of it uh, in the moment because this is, in fact, the gut reaction. But, yes, disappointed. Can't wait to hear what excuses Vic makes for Tom McMahon today and then tomorrow when he gets back to Denver. But, Zach, you know, this whole Bradley Chubb thing, again, for those of you who are um, paying subscribers, supporters of MHH on Facebook – you saw our conversation today as I filled in for Kim Becker on Kelberman's Corner in which Zach and myself concurred. Hey, it's the Jags, so if there's any gray area with Chubb, just sit him one more time. You can you can get by. You could probably even get by next week with the Jets, right? right? But he must have really felt good. You know, that's the only explanation. And to see how upset he was, it wasn't like, oh, tweaked it, <clears throat> better uh, walk off the field and let Coach know. He was down on the field, and then he was, you know, fortunately he did, was able to walk off the field, but he was pissed off, man, when he sat down and they covered him with the tent, and I can't wait to find out what the update is on that. Of course, he was, um, he didn't come back. Now, Josie Jewell, who started out hot, Zach, yep. 
couple of really big plays on defense and one on special teams on that special teams hit, you know, channeling his inner Terrell Davis, I guess, injured the shoulder, which sucks to see. But guess who came in and played baller? Justin Sternod finishing second on the team in tackles behind only Kareem Jackson. So that's what's encouraging me the most so far. Teddy Bridgewater's play. All right. Vaughn's return. Those two things. I'll, t- I'll, I'll combine Vaughn and Sutton's return. Um, and then, uh, what is this? Sorry. Sorry about that. I lost my train of thought there reading a, reading a message in the chat. But either way, there's a lot to be encouraged about. The depth is what I was going to say, Zach. Sorry. Uh, the depth of this team relative to last year when the bodies started hitting the floor, so to speak, okay? Broncos didn't have the depth to bridge the gap. It appears, let's keep our fingers crossed, let's knock on some wood, they do this time around. It seemed like one of those attrition-type games. It was just the environment set up for it. You know, early East Coast road game, rainy Jacksonville, kind of a crappy footing on the turf there. And when Bradley went down, I think he knew it right away, whatever it is, Chad. I think he, he, you know, he smashed his fist on the turf. He threw his helmet on the sideline. I thought it was maybe a concussion when they brought him in the blue tent because that's what it's mostly known for. But my other thought was ankle. And at that moment, I was like, why are you having him in there? You know, and they should have sat him for one more week at the minimum. I don't want to, I didn't get a chance to go into my positives though, but Teddy Bridgewater was fantastic. And I'm eating a lot of crow on him, and happily so because the Broncos are winning. But his pocket maneuverability, his ways to escape pressure and deliver with arm strength, get the ball in tight places and make throws that I didn't think he was capable of, is so impressive to me. I have the final numbers right here. Uh, he was 26 of 34, 328, two touchdowns, no interception. You get te- that kind of ball from Teddy Bridgewater. Not even every week, maybe every other week, 125.6 rating. The Bron- the Broncos are going to win a lot of games this year, a lot. And combine that with the defense, combine that with the running game, Teddy Bridgewater has been fantastic. I'm not afraid to admit it. I'm happy to eat crow on it. I want it to keep going because it feels like a new Broncos era, Chad. Even though we still have the special teams letdowns, it seems like everyone from the players to the coaches have turned a corner and the talent level and the depth, as you mentioned, is so overwhelming. They can withstand some of these losses because if you lose a Josie Jewell who was playing great. You still have Sternot. You have Baron Browning. You have other players that can come make plays. You lost uh, Jerry Judy, your number one receiver. And who steps up? Mr. Cortland Sutton, baby Megatron. He's looking back with a capital B. No such thing as 50-50 balls. He would have had an even bigger day if he wasn't blatantly interfered with. The referees swallowed their whistles unnecessarily, Chad. It's a very convincing victory, uh, not one without... A little fault, a little blame to go around. But I like this new outfit of the Denver Broncos, and I think if they continue this, the sky really is the limit. No hyperbole. Eli and the infinite underscore. Bounce back. What did we bounce back from? Well, it was an early hole, right? You got Trevor Lawrence basically moving the ball at will on the opening possession. It took a little doing to get on top in this one. And uh, so that's what we mean when we say literally Broncos bounce back. It was a slow start. I mean, no one can deny that. But the Broncos really turned a corner. They scored a touchdown again, Chad, for the second week in a row right before the half. That is a sign of a good football team and a good offense. And they came out the second half and they took took care of business how they should have done on the road against an inferior team. Guys, uh, BG jumping in real quick. He says, we can run the ball for nothing. Uh, Dog. We finished with, let me see. So Williams went for, we we finished just under 100. So Javante, 13 carries, 64 yards, some tough running. Looked way, I don't know, just a lot more productive today on the ground. He only one carry less than he had last week. Melvin, two carries more than he had last week, 31 yards. Uh, And then Teddy carried it four times for one total yard. So was it prolific? No, but Zach, they the the point of today's game obviously early was attack that secondary. I mean they were passing like crazy at halftime. They only had ten carries, so we'll get more into it, guys. We will get more into it. See what's on your mind. Grab some of these super chats. See what uh, what issues, what takeaways you had from today's game. What your gut reactions are. First, we got to say thank you to the presenting sponsor of tonight's live stream pod, and that's BetQL, guys. Do you want to get the upper hand on your bookie? 
do you want to make sure you go into each and every week with all the tools possible to give you the best possible chance to win your bets? Then you got to go to the App Store right now or Google Play and download the BetQL app. Here's what it is, all right? BetQL's best bets computer model. It scans over 350,000 unique bets per year to give you the best bet recommendation for every game, and that's across all sports. Gives you the logic, the strategy, all right, uh, behind why you should place this bet so that you're never flying blind. Last week, week one in the NFL, that best bets algorithm went 13-2 and two on five-star bets. All right, that's phenomenal. The BetQL model covers everything, Zach, from spreads, over-unders, and even player prop bets. Yeah, BetQL is a great service. It provides the sharp data so you can see who the pros are backing, as well as line movement so you can jump on betting opportunities in real time. BetQL offers team summaries highlighting previous success against the spread and the over-under, as well as breaking news when lineups change and injury statuses are updated. Plus, guys, you can save all your picks in one place to track your success and winning streaks, as well as view your rank on their leaderboards. That's right. All right. You don't need Rain Man. You don't need to be Tom Cruise. If you're Tom Cruise, you don't need Dustin Hoffman to beat your bookie. All right. BetQL can help you do that. So give yourself the betting edge on game day and head to the App Store, Google Play right now. Download BetQL. If you're on a browser, you can navigate to try.betql.co slash MHH or easiest thing to do. When you download the app and you're in checkout, use the discount code MHH. That's MHH, easy to remember, and you will get 25% off any and all BetQL subscription offerings. Yeah, last thing, Broncos country, be sure to check out BetQL's BetMGM offer in the description of this video in order to receive a free year of BetQL and download the BetQL app. Use the code MHH at checkout for 25% off and arm yourself with all the weapons you need to beat your bookie on game day. Real quick, we got, uh, <clears throat> we'll got. we do some more matters of business and do an update on where the contests stand and all that. Let's get uh, into the chat and see what's on everyone's mind here, starting with one of our bona fide MHH Mount Rushmore superstars. That is Drew. What's up, brother? He says, solid game all around. Teddy was great. Pookie looked good. The defense was solid for the most part. Pat Sertan with a great pick. That was a very good, nice interception. I thought Jewel was having a very good game, too, until he got hurt and fired Tom McMahon. Yes, indeed. And guys, here's the thing. Uh, water is wet. Teddy looked damn good today, right? Teddy, again, looked good. So he's stacking one good performance on top of another. But one thing you got to remember, you didn't see any of those runs squirt for, for you know, a big play. Pookie had a few nice runs. Trucking dudes, right? You finally got to see some of that physical dominating, I'm going to be the aggressor running style from Javante Williams. But Zach, the Jaguars obviously kind of share a brain with what some of our concerns were going into this season, which is we're not sure Teddy has the wherewithal to really threaten us deep. They loaded up the box to stop the run. And so that's how the Broncos ended up attacking them. They attacked them where, you know, if there's more bodies in this sector, we're going to go ahead and attack this sector with least amount of bodies. That's why they pass so much early and often. And Zach, once they kind of got their game legs underneath them, it was working with gusto. You know, it's weird that I think, it, maybe it's me, the Broncos were better, the offensive line was better in pass protection than run blocking. I mean, Teddy, for the most part, had a clean pocket all afternoon, but like you mentioned, they didn't spring those 20, 30, 50-yard runs. Though Javante, he's like a mini Marshawn Lynch to me. He's going to be so, so, so good for the Broncos, so good in the NFL. The way he breaks tackles, the way he always plows forward, always finds hidden yardage on the field. Melvin Gordon ran well, but he didn't break off. Again, it was a nondescript game he had last uh, before he broke off that 70-yarder. Uh, the Broncos running game was good. It was consistent. It's what they needed. But like you said, Chad, I think Jacksonville intentionally and smartly put eight in the box. Unfortunately for them, though, Teddy Bridgewater proved he's capable of beating them uh, deep, and the Broncos' offensive line gave Teddy a lot of time to make that happen. Here's Gio Vandermark, another Mount Rushmore superstar. Good to see you, buddy. Uh, he is jumping in to say, I'm eating crow with you, Zach. As a Locke fan, I'm becoming a believer of bridge. Yeah, dude. I mean, listen, more than one thing can be true at the same time. One thing we, we got to remind everybody from uh, the entire offseason up through when Teddy won the job was not one time did either of us ever say, 
the Broncos will rue their decision right. to go with Teddy because they'll suck this year if it's Teddy. We've said from the drop, one of the great things about the fact that they raised the floor on the quarterback room is we were under the belief, Zach, that the Broncos could be a playoff threat with either quarterback under center. Now, that does sell short our belief in Teddy. We were we did not. I mean, who could have expected to see this version of Teddy through right. two games, honestly? I mean, look, dude, he had his 5-0 and streak. Uh, with the Saints, he had that 11-5 and season with the Vikings in year two where he made it to the Pro Bowl. Aside from that, there's there really hasn't been all that much to write home about relative to Teddy Bridgewater. But the one last thing, Zach, that we said is that if the stars are ever going to align for Teddy to really meet the expectations he had as a freaking uh, high school recruit, as a first-round pick, it's going to be now because the collection of talent around him uh, just on offense, let alone being complimented by a defense like that. He hasn't had that ever. He's had a good defense in Minnesota, and he did have a few weapons, but not at this level. You know, I agree with every point you made, but it wasn't just Teddy. That was also our argument that we kept, you know, pounding over and over to the masses here. It was also the coaching. I was more worried about Pat Shermer uh, developing game plans and play calling for Teddy Bridgewater than I was Bridgewater going out there. I will say Teddy has surprised me. His arm strength, his pocket, again, awareness, and the way he improvises, the way he's turnover free, that was his calling card. But his the way he fits the ball in the tight windows and makes some of the throws, I didn't think he was capable of making. That's one thing. But the other is Pat Shermer. Even when the Broncos are up now, he still has the foot on the opponent's throat. He's still calling pass plays. He's still trying to move the ball and score points. They're not playing not to lose for the most part. They're playing aggressive, taking shots down the field, spreading the ball around. Sometime in the first half, Teddy had completions to nine different receivers. That's in one half. And at one point, he was... Uh, he had like 258 passing yards with like a quarter and a half to go. When is the last time you saw a Broncos quarterback do that? So as long as that keeps uh, aligning Pat Shermer's play calling and Teddy Bridgewater's performance, even without Jerry Judy, I mean, that was the missing link here. We knew the defense was going to be good. We thought the coaching at certain parts was enough to override the bad parts. And we knew the running game and the talent was good. But the offensive coordinating and the quarterbacking were the question marks. And those are being answered with gusto right now. Zeus McPeak echoing what many are saying in the chat with a very generous super. Thank you, brother. He says, fire Tom McMahon. Zach, it's hard to fault any fan for feeling that way after. I mean, this game still, the Broncos won by two scores. All right, it was a 10-point win. It should have been a seven, well, a 16-point win. The Jacksonville Jaguars really came by seven points honestly. Not that the kickoff wasn't honest. That's a bad way to say it. But they came by seven points offensively, and it was on their first possession. This should have been, and it was still a resounding win, but Zach, it takes a little shine off of this win by allowing that squirt through a 100-plus yard return. Smith Corona, appreciate you, bro. He says, has this been mentioned yet? Fire Tom McMahon. Yes, indeed, Zach. I feel like we're going to hear that a lot today and tomorrow and for the next week because uh, some of us have been saying it and screaming it, in fact, like I'm doing right now, for at least the last couple years. I've been asking that question since 2019. Why is he employed by the Broncos as a special teams coordinator? He doesn't, he's not fit for the job. He's incompetent, Chad. They've tried changing out the players. They've tried changing up the scheme. Vic Fangio has gone to bat for Tom McMahon more times than I can count. At some point, you got to you know, reduce it down to the common denominator and the common denominator for three years. And you want to make the case also with the strength and conditioning has been the coaching. I'm saying since Fangio has been there and that's, that's his man. So at least three years, it it boils down to Tom McMahon. He needs to go, but I don't know what's going to happen guys real quick. And we're going to do this very fast because it's a very hot and heavy chat, but here's an update on where we stand we're running the Facebook and YouTube contest this month. When we reach 250,000 uh, stars on Facebook, we're at 48%, though, guys, and we're more than halfway through the month, so we gotta we got to start cranking on that. If we're going to hit goal, we're going to raffle off another Justin, uh, another jersey. This time it's going to be Justin Simmons. 48% complete, all right? The only people in the running on Facebook to be uh, in that contest are those who contributed to the goal. Here's your leaderboard on Facebook for the month of September. Mama Muti, fresh off a... Uh, what was it? I think his third career start, Natani Muti today at right guard, leading with the most stars. Michael Ronquillo at two. Zeus McPeak at three. 
Randy Jones at four, Joshua Shadow five, and I know Joshua is going to be climbing because I've seen what he's doing today already. Uh, Travis Weber at six, Gary Leeds Palmer at seven, Chris Hernandez, phenomenal, phenomenal support the last week and a half, two weeks from Chris. Um, just love Chris. At eight, Claude Riley at nine, Howie, the winner from last month's contest at 10. And Zach, we would be remiss to not also give an update to everybody. And I'm, we apologize if this isn't the greatest. If you can't quite make this out, I'll blow it up if I can. But on YouTube, it's a similar deal only. Uh, we don't really have a goal we're trying to reach. It's as simple as this. The top five Super Chat superstars who supported the channel the most in the month of September will be in, the, in a raffle for a, a jersey themselves. So right now, Zach, the top five, Michaela Parker, the Duchess, Chris Hernandez, who came off the top rope last night for Mile High Insiders, at two, Mark Langley at three, Zeus McPeak in the top five on both, and then, of course, Seth Harmon with the Queen at six. You can see who's just outside the top five. So there's your update for now, okay? And then we'll, uh, we'll check in on stars here in just a moment. Speaking of which, do we have... Yeah, Chris jumped from 10 ranking on YouTube yesterday to number two, just by virtue of that. So FYI, uh, the queen, we speak her name and here she is. She says, and thank you, Christy. Love you. She, and we look forward to seeing you next week, a yes. week from today. In fact, by Six this days. time next week, we will have the, the, the MHH meet and greet will have been in the books. Christy, a win is a win is a win. Let's go get another. Can't wait to be in the mile high next week. Thanks for the content, guys. Thank, Thank you, you, Christy. Really love you and appreciate you. Can't wait to see you, Christy. Love you so much. And, you know, I, I was going to actually tweet the same thing. This wasn't the Broncos' perfect game. It was many. It was ugly in many ways. There's lots to clean up, Chad. But if they can go on the road across the coast in an early afternoon game in inclement weather in it kind of a, a weird type of atmosphere and come away with a 10-point victory, I think that's a sign of, I don't want to say a good team yet. I want to see them do it against a playoff team caliber team but i think it's a sign of a growing team and a team that was unlike last year and it's it's on the up and up a team on the come as they used to say back in the day i got that from the aviator by the way leonardo dicaprio scorsese movie eddie vasquez what's good bro good to see you he says great win and teddy is consistent i hope the o-line can beef up he can't be running around all day shake my head a uh, shout to sertan sutton bridgewater pookie Kareem Vaughn, hashtag Denver Broncos for life. And then also White Lightning, thank you for that super chat, bro. We appreciate you as well. Zach, as we grab Jess here with another super Sam, my guy Sutton doing work, let's go, 2-0. Was the Broncos' offensive line as bad today as Eddie's perception of it was? I don't think so. I, I mean, I know they didn't break off any of the you know long runs from Pookie or Melvin Gordon, I thought, though, Teddy Bridgewater, for the most part, had a clean pocket. And I thought he was, way, you know, he, he was sitting back there at certain times. He could read a book. He was going through his third and fourth and fifth reads. I think that's a really good sign, especially when you consider Glasgow is out. They were missing a starter, and they're still breaking in a new right tackle. And by the way, how nice has it been to have a right tackle that's actually playing and playing at a high level? I'm really encouraged. I knew Garrett Bowles gave up that sack on Bridgewater. He also flattened the guy. I mean, bulldozed a Jaguar defender. I, overall, I thought the offensive line was pretty good. I do too. And for, as far as Sutton goes, man, we told you guys when we got the comments and questions last week about it, should we start worrying about Sutton? Is he not going to return to his former form? Guys, I mean, my dude caught 9 of 12 targets for 159 yards today. He wasn't able to get into the end zone, but that's a big, big, big day at the office. Uh, day from Georgia. Um where did that go? And then we'll grab uh, Cloud9. Appreciate you. Dave says, another solid game from our team. I'll join Chad in eating some crow happily. Hey, I have found that when you apply sriracha in a generous enough portion, doesn't taste too bad. Appreciate you, Dave. <laughs> you the man. Yeah. Um, Cloud9, what's up, dude? He says, hey, Zach, is the bet still on for that steak dinner? Good win, Teddy. I don't remember this, but you probably do. I, you're going to have to remind me, Cloud9, uh, what the bet was. and uh, we'll, I, I'm, I'm assuming it was something about Teddy Bridgewater, but let me know. Jamal Killings, thank you, bro. Really appreciate the support. Great to see you in the chat, thank my you. friend. Joshua Shadow going off the chain with some huge stars. Thank you, bro. He says, Teddy looking good. Cortland is a beast. And PS2 with that beautiful pick. Go Broncos. 
Zach, the mark and the sign of a good team is when it's star players produce star performances. And you saw that today. And Josh, also on YouTube, yo, I'm mad about Chubb, though. Rushing him back on the field was dumb. Also, yes, fire Tom. Josh, thank you for that support, dude. You're you're going to be well in the running in both contests, so you you got some good odds, I think. Yeah, I I, the, I can't get over the Bradley Chubb thing. You know, I, I the injury prone label is bad enough that he's garnering Chad, but there was no business playing him. It's bad enough he was questionable, but it was raining in Jacksonville. It was an inferior team. You had Vaughn. I know it's hindsight now, but Vaughn had a great game. They had other talent. They had other depth they could have deployed out there. They did not need Chubb to beat Jacksonville. Just sit him one more week. It's usually unlike Fangio to get that impulsive. And I know he's a defensive guy and wants to see his baby in full form, but, man, would he do that over? Guys, I got to take off the phenomenal beaded medallion that was um, bequeathed to me from Diamond Rattler. I will be wearing this in living color, full real-life 3D on Sunday, at least for a time. You know, I'm not much of a necklace guy in terms of my own personal style, but how could you not? I mean, the man hours that went into this thing, I like to I like to flash it every once in a while because it's just it's one of my favorite, favorite gifts I've received from uh, fans and community. Casey, what's good? Casey Nickel, thank you, bro. 2-0 feels amazing, finally. I can't help but feel like Denver could have, should have scored 30-plus with how well – they moved the ball and had two picks. Yeah, Zach, if it weren't for, unfortunately, more struggles in the red zone, I mean, I, I guess they did improve slightly. They were in the 40 percentile-ish, somewhere in the 40s last week. They went two for four in the red zone this week, so they bumped that up to 50. That's, I guess, improvement. But if you even convert one of those into a score, you're probably at 30. Well, if you also get impartial officiating, you probably get there as well. I mean, I don't understand what the referees were looking at. I have a screenshot on my Twitter account where the defensive back is literally molesting Cortland Sutton. I mean, it's blatantly obvious. That should have been a, a, a pass interference penalty at the minimum and a Broncos touchdown at maximum. So that was another sign to me today that it was a wonky-type atmosphere, wonky-type game. When it was so one-sided and the officiating was swallowing their whistles whenever Jacksonville was on the field and doing the opposite when it was Denver. By the way, we've got... George Vandermark supporting the cause on YouTube, supporting the cause on Facebook. Great to see you, brother. Give our best to Jasmine. Hope everyone's doing well in your home, buddy. Good to see you. Hope you're riding high on this win, too. Uh, Colby, also love you. Thank you for the stars, brother. Been working during the last few pods. Got the win, and numerous players had good games and no interceptions for the second straight game. Yeah, it's like... Teddy is doing the opposite of making a liar out of Vic, right? Like he's Vic said, Hey, we're going, we're going with Teddy. We think he gives us the best chance to win up to this point. We've seen not one thing from Teddy that would make you question whether that was the right decision for the now. And we, you know, at the time when it was made, Zach, we weren't, we didn't really question whether it was the right decision. If you're really trying to say, Hey, who, who gives us the best chance to go out there and win today? It was more of the long-term it was more of the past investment in a young quarterback you put a high-round draft pick in. But guess what? One thing, Zach, that has kind of been itching at the back of my mind through these first two games watching Teddy, I was completely dismissive of the notion that he would even be a candidate to be considered a long-term solution for this team. I mean, if he, he's 28, going to be 29 in November. If he continues to play at this level, Zach, he goes from being short-term Band-Aid stopgap guy who just happens to be playing well to a guy who could feasibly be considered the future of this team under center and garner yet another fat new contract. Uh, yeah, you know, is it a little premature to say, though, can we see it against a better team than the Giants or the Jacksonville Jaguars? I mean, even the Jets next week, if they come out and blow the doors off New York in the, in the home opener, I'll give them their credit, but I just want to see it consistently. I've been so burned by Broncos quarterbacks in the past that I put my faith in, including number three. So Teddy has looked way beyond the bounds of any expectation I set for him. Uh, he is making me eat Major Crow, and I am happy to stuff it in my mouth because it means the Broncos are winning. I want him to keep it going, and more importantly, I want the coaching to keep going in the right direction. That was always my biggest worry. Um, but Teddy, though, like you said, he's still young enough, Chad, and he may be, you never know, he may be hitting his stride. Sometimes, you know, the fifth time is the charm, and that could be the case for Teddy B. 
Daxon Schneider, a newer name on Super Chat. Welcome. Thank you. Connect on Twitter. He says, what's up, guys? Been listening to you guys for a while. First live I've been able to watch. Well, welcome, buddy. I was a lock guy, but man, Teddy has impressed me with how he can maneuver in the pocket. 2-0. Yes, indeed. You can't, up to this point in the, in the young season, Zach, you cannot take one damn thing away from Teddy. He has been... Uh, you can't even say as advertised. Like he has outkicked his coverage in many, many ways. And we love seeing it. And yes, I know it was the Giants. And yes, I know it was the Jags. But based on what I'm seeing from this guy and the energy with which the team is playing, and I think a big part of that energy and that focus and that intensity is coming through Teddy or from Teddy through osmosis, which tells me it's not a flash in the pan. It's not something that's going to fizzle or fade as the season grinds on. So real quick, guys, shout out to our top star senders for today. We'll do one more update on this at the end of the show, but Joshua Shadow leading the way. Very generous, bro. Thank you. Shane Daniels right up there. Thank you, Shane. Zeus, both channels supporting the cause. George, same. Ben Jara, Zach, that's a newer name. But, hey, 830 stars, that automatically enters you in with at least one ticket in the hat if we reach goal. Gary Leeds Palmer, legendary. Randy Jones, legendary. Travis, legend. Claude, legend. Michael Ronquillo, love you, bro. Thank you, buddy. Colby, David Wilder, Ed Keating, there today for uh, Kelberman's Corner. Kenyon, another newer name. Thank you for the stars, brother. And Victor Rios, much love to you guys. We will be keeping an eye out in the chat for any of your specific comments or questions. Listen up, Broncos country. TickPick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K, P-I-C-K is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets. TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. Zach, here's Lawrence Rivera, another supporter who was there today for Kelberman's Corner on Facebook. He says, I love the outcome, but I wish we could get more pressure from that defensive front. You know what? Early on, I shared a brain with you on that 100%. But the Broncos started putting more heat on Trevor like, halfway through the second quarter on it still wasn't quite maybe where you'd prefer it to be in a perfect world, but they turned the ship around. Although I, I got to admit, I was surprised at how well that O-line held up against Vaughn and company. I was too. Oh, except, except against Vaughn. I, Vaughn was in the backfield almost every other play, but I am right there with you, Lawrence. That's one observation I had. Uh, Draymond was getting there a few times. He's o- always this close away from getting a sack. He also hit Trevor Lawrence super low. He's going to get a FedEx package from New York this week for sure. Um, I thought though one, and I love the guy, but Shelby Harris, Chad has to start earning the the massive contract he got this off season. I was advocating fan number one for him to get that deal, but he's not playing like a man who's making all that much money every single season now. So I want more consistency. They can't rely just on Vaughn now, especially without Bradley Chubb. It looks like maybe going forward. I want to see. I'm, I'm right there with you, Lawrence. I want to see more from the front free, front three and pass rushing. Albert saying, hey, McMahon should have been fired with VJ. Yeah, questionable decision to hold on to him. Uh, Ronnie, good to see you, brother. Appreciate you. Depth will be important this season. Most definitely. Uh, let's see, Chad. You ready? Here we go. Okawebunam. Albert Okawebunam. Did I do it? I don't even know. I'm pretty sure I did it. Yeah? I'm getting thumbs up. So take that. Don't, don't feel bad. The CBS announcing crew actually messed up, and they were like, let me take that again. Uh, Aaron Peluso, who's come on really strong lately. Appreciate you, Aaron. I was the only one who said a couple weeks back that Teddy can be a Tannehill situation for us. I don't know. I heard that from a lot of people, honestly, comparing it to, to Tannehill. 27 touchdowns, six picks is my prediction for Teddy. An 11-card, 11-6 wild card, let's go. 
Yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, yeah. he's cruising for uh, 34 touchdowns. That would be a Pro Bowl. Not bad. <laughs> That'd be a Pro Bowl, dog. And look, the AFC West, we knew it was going to be a tough road to hoe, Zach. Um, it's shaping up that way. But if Teddy can continue to produce at this level and keep that offense on the field and putting points up, I mean, just the scrappiness, man, the fight, um, the intensity, the passion that you're seeing from the offense, it's good. It doesn't feel like, you know, and it's one of those things where when you see it, you, you go, oh, wait a minute. Now I realize in retrospect, partly what was missing the last few years, including under Drew, you know, no offense to Drew, just that field general that has everybody on the same page. And I'm not just talking Zach knowing assignments and all that. I'm talking about, Hey, you know, we're in the, we're in the freaking trenches right now. Let's go. I'm going to lead us into the breach. Follow me. And Hey man, they're, they're going to war for Teddy. It could not come in a better time as well, because did anyone watch that Pittsburgh Vegas game? Derek Carr is looking like the 2016 Derek Carr, maybe even better under Gruden this year. I know it's early, but when you beat up on the Steelers and the Ravens in back-to-back weeks, you know, color me impressed by that. You also have Justin Herbert right now. You know, he's looking good for the Chargers. Obviously, you have Mahomes in Kansas City. So the fact that they maybe have a quarterback now who can, at minimum, keep them afloat in games, let the other players kind of do the bulk of the work, let the defense carry them, is a great sign for Denver. I want to grab this from Travis Weber and then Holden at 223 had a good question on YouTube. I'll grab here. Uh, Travis, love you, buddy. I agree with you, Zach, about Chubb. I did predict a 28-17 final. Luke jinxed us last night, LOL, with the injuries. Pookie and Sutton looked awesome. I did wear Sutton today. Hey, there's a there, we're, we were talking about rituals and you know all that stuff for superstitious fans earlier this week or last week, I should say. Sounds like Travis needs to be sure to sport that Sutton jersey on game days, Zach. Yeah, it's kind of contradictory, though, because if you said Luke jinxed us, I mean, then you're still believing that you should wear a, jer- a certain jersey. I-, I just don't buy into that too much. You know, I- I'm happy the Broncos got the win. I mean, it-, it sucks that it came at the expense of Bradley Chubb, though. Holden says, did Garrett Bowles think it was a run play? So that 16-yard sack that took the Broncos from first and goal, or pardon me, it was first and goal uh, on the 10 to minus 16 now you got second and goal from the 26 and then of course they ended up getting a field goal there uh did Bulls think it was a run play when he gave up the sack so when you look at that um i rewound it and looked at it a couple times because the garrett Bulls we've come to know over the last uh 18 games that was atypical and it did look like there was some kind of a communication miscue now whether that was on him probably it was he wasn't like straight up beaten on the sack he crashed inside and Josh Allen or was it Josh Allen? I think it was Josh Allen just had the free run. And by the time Bowles sees something passing his periphery and turns Allen's by him. Teddy should have got rid of the ball, but he held on almost got stripped too. I mean, (laughs) Allen came this freaking close dude to popping that ball out. So I, I don't know. It looked like a miscue to me, Zach. I haven't rewatched the film yet, obviously, but it looked like it was just a, a breakdown of the entire line, the entire play. Just one of those things that went wrong right off the bat. You know, at least they, the Broncos got the win and they weathered that, but uh, I'm not going to pin that too much on Bulls. Here is Mike Possel on Facebook, great supporter of ours. He says, My daughter just solved the special teams issues. She said, Just kick it through the end zone and launch highest punts possible. Just submitted her resume for McMahon's job. Hey, let us know, man. Put us on as a reference. We'll, yeah. you know, if we get a call, we'll give her a ringing endorsement. Trust. Yeah, she has my vote. But yeah, I mean, why? When you have someone, I get it. You're at you're at sea level. Humidity. The air is dense. It's raining a little bit off and on. The ball doesn't travel as far as it's going to at mile high. Well, McManus has a leg that he should be punching that through the back of the end zone, or at least a touchback. Just about every time, Zach. I want to agree, though, with what Maurice said here. My God, I don't know who it is. I'm sorry, Kathy. I don't know who it is. The Jaguars punter was booming, like 60-yard punts consistently. That guy is the truth for sure, Maurice. I agree with you. All right, let me see here. Claude. Yeah, that was cool. Kendall Hinton. He catches that ball and then makes a nifty move to shuck the the defender and turn up field. It was like a nine-yard catch, and then he shucked the guy – Past the chains, picked up 15. Really cool to see Kendall Hinton in the regular season again. 
only this time catching passes from from Teddy B. That's Hall of Famer Kendall Hinton. That's right. That's right. Uh, we don't lie. This is this is true. Um, okay, let me let me jump into the chat here and see uh, if I've missed anything. Um, yes, Maurice. Do y'all see the orange jerseys in the stands? Shout out to Traveling Broncos Country. We represent in any state. You almost got it, dog. You were close. Hashtag state of being. But, hey, I know what you were trying to say. We know what you were trying to say. Broncos Country is not a geographic location, as evidenced by this podcast, by that game today in Jacksonville. It is a state of being. Appreciate you, Maurice. I thought it's so cool, too, because uh, Vaughn pregame was uh, signing jerseys and other product, you know, other uh, memorabilia for fans. And, the, you know, the tight-knit bond that Broncos country has with the players is really amazing, especially on the road. Uh, Travis, Luke talked about injuries that could happen last night. I was joking, not to jinx us. Jinx us. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, you know, I know you're, I know you're joking even now, but, you know, when you're pointing to the obvious, you know, I mean, saying if we can avoid injuries or if Chubb – can play and not aggravate. Like that's like saying, you know, if we can run the ball, that's a key to victory. Like, no, you know what, Sherlock, right? No blank Sherlock. Same thing. Um, it is a bummer for Chubb. If anything or anyone has jinxed Bradley Chubb, it's himself and it's nothing he can control. You can't fault him for it. It's part of the game and it sucks. Shane Daniels. Appreciate you. Great analysis today. Looking forward to next week. See you both there. Okay, we're going to have Shane at the MHH meet and greet. Jonathan Chaverez, what up, dude? Good to see you. I don't recall a season where beating your conference teams was more important for the Broncos. Each team in the AFC West can go 2-0. Yeah, so far so good. The Broncos, um, you know, handled an AFC West – or, pardon me, AFC uh, opponent. They'll get another AFC opponent next week and then another one after that. And you know what? I wouldn't just pencil in the Chargers for a victory just yet. It looks like Dallas came to play in this game. They're leading and driving on them. So it might be a situation where the Broncos are atop the West for now, at least over L.A. Chase wants to know, while, or says, while Chubb's injury history is concerning, he is a whole different level than Reed or Cooper. There's no doubt about that, guys. Is You know, Malik Reed's a great try-hard guy, Zach. He'll be there. If there's a sack to be cleaned up, he'll be there. Cooper is still in, you know, in uh, chrysalis. He's still developing. Bradley Chubb was the number five overall pick. He was the first pass rusher taken in 2018, and he proved as a rookie why he was such a coveted uh, prospect. You know, produced 12 sacks as a rookie, two and a half short of the all-time NFL record, and became one of only 10 players in the history of this game to post 12 or more sacks as a rookie. And since then, it's just been one injury issue after another. So, you know, as as tragic as that is, at the same time, it's like, hey, Chubster, you know, they picked up his fifth-year option, so he's going to be here next year. But, dude, and this is also a message to the Broncos, Zach. Like, you guys got to get right with Chubb. You got to figure yeah. out how to keep this cat healthy because he's a big-ass dude. Like, I mean, when you see him and, and uh, Vaughn out on the field together, Vaughn from the waist down, I mean, he's got like Earl Campbell thighs, right? This dude is just like Mr. Universe jacked. Chubb is too, only when you go up from the waist, Chubb is much kind of stock, not stockier, thicker, uh, just a bigger over, bigger overall uh, dude than, than Vaughn Miller. And so you're carrying more weight on them bones. Mm-hmm. Zach, you're carrying, you put more pressure and torque and whatnot on them joints. Pardon my... Uh, poor grammar here, but you get what I'm saying. So just figure out how to keep Chubb on the field. Yeah, there's two C's and thicker when it comes to Bradley Chubb, for sure. You can see it in his, you know, his belly area. Um, It it really is unfortunate. I don't like branding anyone as injury prone when this situation could have been avoided. First of all, why did you wait the Broncos and Chubb so long to have surgery? Why was Bradley Chubb playing in today's game? Why not hold him out for at least one more week and let him get fully healthy? You kept a seventh round pick in Jonathan Cooper on the roster for a reason. You brought back Malik Reed as the OLB three for a reason. You can get by against a team like the Jaguars with those guys. You don't have to rush Bradley Chubb back when he's clearly not 100%. I put the onus way more on the Broncos than I do Bradley Chubb. So, so far in the AFC West today, you have both the Broncos and the Raiders winning. And then right now, the Chargers going toe-to-toe with the Cowboys. 
And then who does KC play this week? Oh, Baltimore. Yeah, Baltimore. That's going to be a marquee uh, can't-miss game. Uh, <coughs> pardon me. David Wilder. Love you, bro. Seems like our running game gets better as the day wears on. Pookie really picked it up in the second half. Yes, David. And this was something we discussed Thursday when we talked about our keys to the game and people were kind of complaining that, hey, man, you know, if you took away Melvin's 70-yard touchdown against the Giants, like it's a pedestrian day at the office for the Broncos on the ground. But you got to keep attacking. You chip away. Those three- and four-yard runs or two-yard runs uh, in the first and second quarter, they don't just – you know, they, they have an impact in the short and long term. You're wearing down that front. Yes. You're making them pay. You're getting in their heads. Mm. And you saw that as the game wore on. And again, it wasn't a huge prolific day on the ground. Broncos came just shy of about 100 yards rushing as a team. But Zach, they sold out did Jacksonville to stop the run early. And that continued till about the third quarter. They started easing up a little bit on loading the box. And the Broncos, Pat Shermer, Teddy Bridgewater, give them credit because they exploited those tendencies the Jags uh, were were showing. All you're doing is this. It's body shots with Pookie Williams and Melvin Gordon the entire game, and you're wearing them down. So by the end of the game or deep into the third quarter, you can go for the knockout blow. And that's the ground and pound, the the down and dirty type team that Vic Fangio wants. And he's getting that, but he's also getting prolific passing through the air with Teddy Bridgewater. But that's what, this is, you're seeing why now, the vision that George Payton had in the second round of the draft with other needs on the board, other positions he could have addressed. He traded up for a devalued position at running back because he was sold on Javante being the truth. And through two weeks, he's looking like the truth. You pair that with Melvin Gordon. You pair that with the rest of the weapons they have on offense. That's a, a high-quality operation in Denver now. I'm just crazy gonna to start, I'm going to start calling PS2 Rufus because that kid's name is Rufus, and he's the Trufus, all right? He's the Trufus. Uh, Mike wants to know, how bad are the Chubb and Jewel injuries? Well, we went we, – we, um, when we go live immediately after a game – the one thing, the downside to that is we're not in the pressers. We're not listening. We're not seeing what is being said. So unless someone has been combing Twitter to see if Fangio updated anything, my guess is he doesn't have much information yet, and he won't until they get back to Denver and they can use their own facilities to uh, go through and examine X-ray, MRI if they need to. But Jewel, for, for those who missed it, suffered a shoulder injury, ruled out. Chubb sh- uh, aggravated that ankle and uh, was ruled out. So we probably won't get an answer to that until Monday, Zach, unless, guys, if you've seen something on Twitter, one of the insiders, let us know. Well, I would be surprised if Chubb's injury is not at least partly significant. Based on his reaction, it seemed like he knew it as soon as he went down, you know, pounding the turf and throwing his helmet. Uh, And what was more ominous, Chad, he was questionable to come back and then quickly ruled out for the remainder of the game. That's never a good sign. They're going home. They have their home opener next week against the Jets, another inferior team. I would be shocked if Bradley Chubb plays next week, and I honestly wouldn't be surprised if he's out for a couple weeks as well. Whatever it takes to get him right, all right, that's that's what matters here, guys, is we can't keep doing this. Let's just pray he is able to come back this year. Make sure when he does come back, <clears throat> pardon me, he is able to do so with confidence and, uh, you know, whatnot. All right, um, I'm going to take a quick look. We're at 47 minutes. We're doing, we're doing pretty well. Uh, Knoppers wants to know, when is Mike Boone coming back? Um. Well, he made the final roster, and then they put him on injured reserve short term. So he can't come back. The soonest he could come back, Zach, is week four against the Ravens. And after the time he missed, I'm trying to remember the the, the date of when he went down. Wasn't it the Vikings practice week? Pretty sure it was where he got injured. So what are we talking here? Uh, third week of, of August. And it was a four to six week injury if I don't make miss my mark. So I want to say he, there's a good chance he could come back, Zach, on uh, week four against the the Ravens. And holy smokes, talking wow, about damn. running backs, we got the legendary D Dub nine six seven three four coming to us on super chat from the beautiful paradisiacal. You like that, Hawaii? What's up, Dale? Love you, bro. Love you, buddy. Can't wait to see you on Sunday. He's making the trek for the MHH meet and greet. He says, Javante is a hammer. His pass protection has been just firing me up. The depth on this roster showed today. Bridgewater, 
has been above expectation. Looking forward to next week. And yes, yes. Um, also, Dale, very kind, hooking up a couple of the MHH staffers who were making the trip from, uh, a, you know, I won't say abroad, but from afar with some uh, juicy tickets to the game as well. Dude, you're just a Hall of Famer, bro. Appreciate you. You are the best. Thank you so, so much. And I would say Teddy is way, way above expectation. And, you know, it's blowing me away personally, Chad. I've watched him since he's been in the NFL. I just want to sing his praises a little more. Uh, He is really, really impressing me. And I'm willing to eat that crow. After Kevin here, I I got to grab this from the Jedi's hut. Kevin G. Ain't nothing but a G thing, baby. What's up, dude? Do you think starting Bridgewater was the right... Do you think starting, I guess he's saying, is Bridgewater the right choice to start? He's not necessarily blowing these poor teams out the water. Can he hold up against top tier? So far, Teddy Bridgewater is absolutely answering the bell and making Vic and George Payton look very good for that controversial decision. Now, will he hold up against the top tier teams? Only time will tell. But as I mentioned earlier in this show, Zach, I'm inclined to believe that it will hold up. Now, will it be successful in every instance? Probably not because they get paid too, but there's an energy shift. There is a, uh, you know, there is a, it's almost like this team went through some kind of mighty change of heart, you know, exercised a demon after a dark night of the soul. I'm throwing out all this stuff here to help you understand there has been a spiritual shift. And I think Teddy's a big reason for that. I think collectively they had their come to Jesus moment with themselves and they had to after last year, they had to in a make or break year for Fangio and the coaches and Teddy Bridgewater, but he is a leader of men out there. Did you see when he threw a pass that misfire to KJ Hamler, Hamler should have turned the other way. Teddy was mad at KJ. It's not all just flowers and lollipops, Chad. I mean, this is a guy who's holding his fellow players accountable and he's making the plays beyond what most of us or many of us thought he was was possible for him. And by the way, you know, they still, he and and KJ, really not quite on the same page, but I know that's going to change. And when it changes, guys, it's going to be just like a critical mass situation where it goes gangbusters. You heard it here first. Jedi, do you think, do you guys think we should get Trendon Holiday to curb stomp Tom McMahon? (laughs) I don't know that he could, you know, he was a little tiny little guy, but, uh, yeah, what, what you wouldn't give for a trend in holiday right now who, you know, I mean, think about this. We were uh, talking about the Broncos 2012 season um, as we're reading uh, Elway, a football life for Broncos book club. If you guys want to be a part of that, go become a, a subscriber on Facebook, an actual supporter. That is five bucks a month. You get access to Broncos book club, Kellerman's corner and the trickle zone every weekend, Saturdays and Sundays. Um, but that game in which Zach, the Broncos um, were upset by the Ravens, you know, uh, Trendo returned two kicks. Was it a kick and a punt or two kicks? Either way, two kicks for touchdowns in that game. If they if he doesn't do that, the Broncos probably don't even make it to overtime. They don't, they're probably losing. And Joe Flacco doesn't have to uncork a freaking 80-yard touchdown to Jacoby Jones. So yeah, it would be nice to have Trendo back, but his problem was as a punt returner, you just couldn't trust those hands. Well, I took the question literally, and I'll settle for a pink slip for Tom McMahon. He can keep his teeth. He doesn't have to go to that level. No, Yeah, no Malachi crunches up in here, okay? Uh, Ron Dub, bona fide superstar, returning to the fold like the prodigal son. Justin Fields, who? Besides special teams, what other area has room for improvement? Fire McMahon. I love the PS2 pick. Looking forward to next <laughs> Sunday. You're going to be there, Ron? Stoked, man. Can't wait to meet you. What else needs improvement, Zach? Well, it's just wild, Chad. I mean, I don't really advocate for anyone to lose their job, but it's just funny seeing all the Fire McMahon comments we've had today. Um, areas of improvement, I, I would say the offensive line getting a little more push in the running game. I would say, obviously, special teams has to be improved. Um, and and you, we mentioned it just now. I think the connection with K.J. Hamler and Teddy Bridgewater, they missed on the deep ball, and you wonder, if is that a carryover in chemistry? Is there a trust factor with them going on right now? So there's little parts to that. And also, you know, I, I'm... I'm I'm mostly pleased with how Fangio's managing the clock and situational coaching, but this Bradley Chubb mismanagement has really brought to the surface a lot of questions that we had about him coming into the year. Uh, Here's a comment from Mike on Facebook. Both Bridgewater and Luck would be having success these first few games with a great team around them. Nice to build confidence playing three of the top five worst teams in the league to start the season. 
I am inclined to agree with you on that, Mike. Again, we said before the decision was ever made, we're confident you can win with either one of these cues with this team. But I'm going to tell you something. In my heart of hearts, Zach, as I watched the Jacksonville Jaguars get out to an early start today, and then Teddy, you know, didn't happen right away, but battled back and took the lead back. I thought to myself, I'm not 100% confident that Drew Locke, after getting seeing his team get punched in the mouth right off the off the bat, I'm not 100% confident he would have been able to do like Teddy did and, you know, basically just come right back at him and serve him up their own – you know, their own medicine. Would he have? There's, I mean, there's a good chance. I'm just telling you, I question whether or not the sand would have been there between the ears, not attached to his right shoulder, but between the ears and in his would, heart. Would he have gotten the help from Pat Shermer, though, like Teddy Bridgewater is getting? I mean, the, the boot action and, and the actual aggressive play calling, the north and south play calling, not east and west play calling. Um, I agree with you. I think there's some throws and some plays that Teddy makes that I, I, I say to myself and I admit to myself that Drew Locke can or wouldn't make, and that's why they went with Bridgewater. And it, it it's great when it when they're winning. Winning cures all. So as long as they're 2-0 and and Teddy's throwing for 300 yards and no picks, everything is fine and dandy. But I want to see it transpire against a better quality opponent, starting with the Ravens in Week 4. And even them, Chad, they're not looking so hot this year, at least in Week 1 they weren't. Against Kansas City, when the chips are down, they fall down 14 points, 17 points to Mahomes. I want to see how Teddy responds to that. That's going to make or break him. By the way, shout out to all of our supporters on Facebook throwing out tons of stars. We're going to we're gonna bridge some gaps today. On the, you know We were at 48% on the 250K goal for the Justin Simmons giveaway, and I'm, I'm guessing we're going to be well into the 50s after tonight. George throwing down like a boss. So many of you. Thank you. Colby being one of them. When we're talking about room for improvement, third down, yeah, that's a that's another spot that the Broncos could improve on. Today they were terrible, Zach, on third down. Terrible. Two for 11. Two for 11. Now, hey, Fangio continues to be undefeated this year on fourth down. They went two for two. And then – so here's what I would say. Throwing into that, what can the Broncos at 2-0 and improve? They got to – they must. They got to find a way to get better on third down. They got to find a way to be better in the red zone. All right. Those are two absolute musts for this team to really, you know, because again, if you fail to succeed in those two key areas against juggernauts like the Ravens or the Chiefs or, you know, pick the juggernaut that's on the schedule this year, you'll pay the price. Well, one bone I have to pick about the play calling, though, I don't know if you agree with me or not is the third down and red zone. It should have been flip-flop. Why weren't they taking chances when they were in the red zone? It was third down and 20 yards away. Take one deep shot into the end zone. Don't settle and play for a field goal. That was early in the game. Then on a third and seven later, they would take a a 40, 50-yard shot to Cortland Sutton, and it didn't work. So I think you're right. It goes hand-in-hand. They have to be better. They have to execute better. But just... Play for the sticks on third down and play for the end zone in the red zone. I think those are fairly simple concepts. Naj, love you, bro. Stoked. Stoked. Um, He has this super chat, very generous. Uh, And then he also, Zach, has this one that says, Hey, bros, another great week other than the injuries. Teddy looks phenomenal. Cortland and Vaughn, spectacular. Fangio, coaching well. Special teams, still problematic. And injuries are brutal really appreciate the support my friend and everything you said 100 true and when you consider the broncos played this game without their starting cornerback in ronald darby who's on ir and they had a thruster rookie in there in patrick sertan so this is a case where they weathered the storm early with the injuries and they have the depth capable of stepping up when those injuries strike and that's definitely encouraging also naj are we going to see you at the meet and greet be dope if you were there let us know Ron's going to be there. Love you, buddy. Can't wait to meet you. He says, now, how about not ignoring Fant? Yeah, if we're talking about improvements, I mean, I don't know. It's hard to get too on Teddy's case about this because Teddy at halftime had completed passes to nine different receivers. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, I finished the game with nine different receivers catching passes. Fant was targeted six times. That's a decent day at the office for any tight end. Caught four of them for 33 and a touchdown. I think as the season kind of marches on, Zach, you'll start seeing Fant catching those passes over the middle of the field, turning, 
remember that as a rookie, that play he made against the Cleveland Browns. Uh, also as a rookie with Drew Locke, the play he made against the Texans where, you know, he can take a pass that's a 5-10 yard completion, make a man miss, turn on the juice, and my dude is to the house. I think you're going to start seeing that as the season wears on. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you on that. The more the, they can get their their play calling melded together and they can get on the same page and work through whatever kinks they have remaining, I think you're going to see even more explosion out of the Broncos' offense. Um, okay, where we're at? We're at 59 minutes, guys. Uh, before we dip on out of here, we just got to remind you, and we got to thank as well our sponsor, BetQL. It's the only app that you need to beat your bookie, to beat your sports book. You can find BetQL's information in the description of this video, along with the code MHH to get you a discount of 25% at checkout. And then don't forget, special BetMGM offer in the description of this video to receive a free year of BetQL and other sportsbook sign-up offers and bonuses. Guys, this is the last call. Anything you want to get off your chest, um, Zach, if you want to start running through it here, I'll bring up the final update on uh, how today finished on Facebook. But, guys, how are you feeling? 2-0. and I mean, it, it, it kind of ruins it when you say, Broncos are 2-0 and for the first time since 2018. And then you think back to 2018, and you're like, oh, yeah, they did start 2-0 and and then proceeded to just shoot themselves in the foot week after week. But nevertheless, that was then. That was with a different former Vikings quarterback. This is now. I, and I agree with what Mike Postel says here. Totally different team than last year. Totally different team than 2018. Uh, the coaching has stepped up. The quarterbacking has stepped up. The talent is so much better. And Vaughn was right when he said this is the best Broncos team he's been a part of since Peyton Manning hung up his cleats. And I, I tend to agree with that. So I think Broncos country should feel good. And I think they do feel good. But this was an uglier type victory against a really bad team. Whereas against the Giants, it was a bad team, but not as bad as Jacksonville. And that was a nearly flawless performance. You saw some cracks in the armor today that can't persist if they want to beat a contender, like the other comments said. Here is how today finished out on Facebook stars. Joshua at the top of the heap. Appreciate you. Shane, George, Zeus, Benjara, Gary. Randy, Claude, David, Colby, Travis Weber, Michael Ronquillo, James Grossman, Ed Keating, Lawrence Rivera, Kenyon Farouk figures. Newer name, welcome, and Victor Rios. Much love to each and every one of you. When we return tomorrow for the Aftermath Pod, we'll give you a full update on where things stand on the race to 250, uh, 250K on Facebook, and then also we'll update how today's Super Chat Superstars how those um, supers affected the rankings on YouTube. Yeah, guys, this was the Huddle Up Pod, though, and we appreciate each and every one of you tuning in. Have a great rest of your Sunday. Uh, enjoy being 2-0. Enjoy watching a winning product that is on the up and up, and it's, it feels different this year. It feels like the Broncos are seriously going to make a playoff push, and who knows after that if they get in. Sorry, before you uh, go through things, I don't think we actually answered this from Max, did we? We flashed it. I don't think we addressed so, it. So, real quick, Max, thank you for the support, all right, across the pond. He says, Teddy, He's. I think this is the biggest Teddy fan under the sun. And in Max's defense, and to his credit, I guess is a better way to say it, this was before he won the job. Teddy balled again. Shame on some fans who are still nitpicking his performances because of an agenda. It's time for the entire fan, fan base to embrace Teddy. I haven't seen that. Who is nitpicking Teddy? Honestly, I usually in a stream like this where we are reaching a vast, vast cross-section of Broncos fans from across the world, that negative Nancy contingent, if it is there, is going to show itself. I haven't seen it yet, Zach. So in that case, Max, we get your point that, you know, he did ball again. Yes, he did. I'm not seeing fans throwing hate on Teddy, though. No, I haven't seen it either, and we've been commending his performance two weeks in a row now, especially today. He looked, to me, better than he did last week, even though it didn't show in the scoreboard. Uh, but I appreciate you, Max, for the comment. Last one, and then we got to go, guys. Kevin G, nothing but a G thing, baby. Time to trade Chubb. Seems like he's injury prone. Not yet. Who's going to want him? Who, who would trade for him right now? Yeah, that, that you got to put that out of your mind for now, Kevin. All right? Um for, for Chubb and the Broncos, the only way out is through. And there's still a whopping 15 games left to go. So keep your chin up. Yeah. 
And, and they have a plan, obviously. They wanted the bookend with Vaughn and Chubb, and, and when if they're when they get that at full strength, it's going to be fun to watch. But uh, he should not have played in today's game, Chad. I think that was a tactical miscalculation by the Broncos coaching staff. But again, guys, we appreciate you tuning in with us today. Feel good. Celebrate the Broncos coming out on top. And we think they're going to go to 3-0 and next week. And Chad and I and a lot of you will be there to witness that. We look forward to this week prepping for that trip and talking about it with you guys. Be sure in the meantime, though, to follow the Huddle Up Pod on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the main account for all your Broncos news, analysis, rumors, film breakdowns, transactions, and so much more. Your one-stop shop at Mile High Huddle. You can follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. Be sure if you haven't, go to HuddleUpPod.com and get your swag on. Get yourself a hat. Get yourself a shirt, hoodie, etc., etc. We appreciate you. Also, Facebook.com slash Mile High Huddle. Hit that big blue button. We had an episode of KK today before the game. We appreciate each and every one of you tuning in. We also have Broncos Book Club and Trickle Zone. Five bucks a month. Very well worth it. We appreciate your patronage. Also, Facebook.com slash Mile High Huddle Pod. Like that page. And if you haven't already, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your priest a five-star review for a chance to win some swag each and every month. I will be monitoring that as we go along. But if you can't do any of those things, do these three things. That take a few seconds. Subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. Helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Chad and I, though, are off until tomorrow night coming at you at 6 o'clock Mountain. Thank you, Stu, for the super, 199. 6 o'clock Mountain, 8 o'clock Eastern tomorrow night, you know, Aftermath Pod. See you guys there. Take care. And as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.